this is Dr. Cheryl PB, and welcome to episode number two of Her Voice, Her View. I'm so glad that you have decided to join me today. First of all, I just want to talk about domestic violence. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I want to share with you my definition of domestic violence. It is where another person brings a person so to break a person down, to make them feel worthless, to lift themselves up because they don't like themselves. And oftentimes the abuser has been a victim of domestic violence themselves. Regardless of that, it is not okay for another person to abuse a person in any shape, fashion, or form. It doesn't matter. You're not supposed to be called names. You're not supposed to be hurt physically. And that is not what God intended for relationships to be. I want you to understand this and get this so much within your spirit, within your soul, within your mind to envelop it and believe and meditate on this every single day or even write this down. Psalm 139, 13 through 16, where it says that God created you fearfully and wonderfully made for you formed my inward parts. You wove me or excuse me, or my version was I like, you, you form my inward parts. You intricately wove me in my mother's womb or you knitted me in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wondrous are your works. My soul knows it very well for my substance wasn't hidden from you. And I just want you to remember that, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the apple of God's eye. You are amazing. He created you. And when he created you, he made no mistakes. And it is not God's intention for any person to be abused whatsoever. You know, as women, when we fall into love or when we get into relationships and we fall hard for the God, we we fall hard, we love hard, we give everything to the God. We give our all, everything that is within us, we give it to him. We allow that man to have whatever his desire is, right? Whatever his wishes are, we try to make sure we fulfill that because that's how we are, right? We are created as nurturers, but oftentimes we love so hard, even when we are experiencing abuse. When I was a little girl, my stepfather physically abused my mom and I kept it within me. I thought it was okay. I thought it was normal. I thought that's how a man showed his love for a woman by being verbally abusive, physically abusive. And I even remember talking to my mom about it when I was an adult and she denied that my stepfather ever abused her. But what happened with me is that it took me along a path of ending up being in a couple of relationships that were abusive until I understood that love doesn't hurt. Well, I'm going to share with you my story of abuse, but before I do, I want to just quickly talk about there's different types of abuses. We know there's child abuse. We know there's verbal abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, but there's two others that I would like to add on to the list, financial abuse and medical abuse. And I want to share with you my experience with being in a relationship with someone 
who was medically abusive. And you're like, Dr. Cheryl, what is that? What do you mean medically abusive? That is when a person has a medical condition and they put their medical condition on you and you take it on as it is your own condition. That's abuse. And I remember meeting this gentleman. Uh, he was handsome. I was like, oh, yeah, ooh, yes. And then I ended up getting to know him. We ended up being in a relationship. And not too long after being in a relationship, he shared with me that he had diabetes and that it was under control. And I said, okay, that's fine, cool. And there was this one time that he was lethargic or where his blood sugar had dropped so low that he ended up calling me and he says I need your help I'm at this place I can't drive I'm not I'm out of it can you help me so I picked up some snacks took it to where he was helped him come out of that low blood sugar state and I was so happy I was like oh I helped my man that's my man I helped him you know I was all happy like I did something and little did I know that that would be the start of an abuse, abusive as far as medical concern issue is. And what happened as the relationship went on, more episodes happened. He did not have his diabetes under control. There were times where it got to the point where he would set an alarm clock to get up when he had to go to work. And then he would ask me to call him to make sure he got up. And I would call him at the time that his alarm was set to make sure he he would get up so he can go to work. And there were times it worked just fine. And there were times when I would call over and over again. And there was a couple of times in particular where I was at work and I couldn't get a hold of him. So I took an early lunch, changed my lunch schedule, went to make sure he was okay to get him up from work. Little did I even know that that really didn't make sense, right? To jeopardize my job to help someone else. But I'm like, I'm his woman. I'm in love with him. This is my man. This is a part of my responsibility to help him because he is dealing with diabetes. Well, unfortunately, looking back on the relationship, he never said thank you the times that I helped him. But as his episodes continued to occur and his lethargic states got worse, when his blood sugar would drop, it's called hypoglycemia. And when he would go into that state, he didn't remember anything that was going on at the time. And I remember two times in particular. Well, one time I had to call 911 when I couldn't bring him back myself. And that's trying to give him some sugar. But the last time that I um, called 911 was the last time that I guess I would say, the, as they say, the straw that breaks the camel back, where that was it. I was done. He was so lethargic and he was combative. And oftentimes when he was lethargic, he would come combative where he would either throw the um, orange juice that I would try to get him to drink. He would throw it across the room or he would knock it out my hand or he would start yelling at me or he would even like crunch up his mouth and turn his head and say no. And those are the times that I had to call 911 because I couldn't deal with it. So I would call 911, they would come, they would help him get his blood sugar back up, and then he would be mad at me, blaming me, saying, why did you call them? You know how to take care of me. You know how to bring me back. You should have kept trying and trying and trying until I came around. And if you would have loved me, if you loved me, you would have done that. 
that is a form of abuse, which I call manipulation. So I felt bad and I took it upon me and said, okay, I messed up. But when I started to deal with these issues and getting tired of him being in these states and just taking a toll on me, I ended up not feeling well. So one day I went to my doctor and I didn't tell her what was going on. And she said, um, I don't know what stress you're under, but whatever you're under, you need to take care of it because you're on your way to having a heart attack, a stroke, or you will not be alive. I didn't listen, heard her, didn't listen. Yeah, that's what sometimes we do when we're so much in love, right? You don't listen to what other people have to say, their advice. So I continued on dealing with this. Um, Episodes were very frequent. And I just noticed that it started to take a toll on me because I felt that responsibility of, I've got to make sure you get up and you wake up to go to work. I have to make sure that you're okay. But me making sure and taking on your medical condition made me not okay. But what was the final, again, end or the straw that broke the camel's back is the last time that he had an episode. It was so bad. He was throwing furniture. It was really, really bad. He was throwing the things that I was trying to give him food, trying to give him something to drink. He was throwing it all over the place. I walked out the house, called 911. They said, is he combative? I said, yes. They said, okay, do not go back in the house. They called the fire department, the police department, and the ambulance. And all of those people came and they helped get him back to his normal state. But in the interim of that happening, there was an EMT technician who was attending to him, but there was another one that I was having a conversation with. And she said to me, she was like, did you just see the look he gave you? And I said, yes, I did. And I kid you not, when I saw the look that he gave me, like he could have really hurt me, instantly I welled up with fear. And I said, enough is enough, this is it. And the police um, noticed his look and said, you better not put your hands on her. And he said, I'm not, but that was it for me. And how I got out of it is that I wrote him a letter, blocked him, sent him the letter, that was it. You know, that's easier said than done, right? But oftentimes, women or people, it could be men as well, who are in domestic violence relationships, it's hard for us to get out because we feel we feel that people might think we're stupid or dumb or we feel guilty or ashamed for allowing somebody to have that type of control over us. But oftentimes, people who have never experienced domestic violence always want to tell you, you need to get out, you need to do this. It's not that easy. Because when you have been abused for such a long period of time, it becomes ingrained in you and it's hard for you to just get up and break free because you're comfortable, because that's what you're used to. You know what to expect. You don't know what's outside of leaving, you know, fear. And especially if you're married or you're living with someone, that fear sets in and you don't know what or if you can make it, especially if you're married and the finances are together or if he's in charge of the finances or what have you, or even living together, the same thing can happen. You're afraid of like, okay, I've got to get out Where am I going to go? Am I going to be able to make it? Am I going to find love again? What's the matter with me? We go through all these different emotions. And I just want to stress again that people, if you know somebody who is 
going through domestic violence or may suspect it, please don't tell them hurry up and get out because when you tell someone that, it makes them stay longer. When a person is ready to get out of an abusive relationship, it will happen. Either one or two things is gonna happen. They're gonna get out or potentially could lose their life. Those are the only two options. And you just have to be patient, understanding, pray for them, allow them to come to you and listen to them, don't judge them, and make sure that they have a safe place that they can talk to someone. And as well as I recommend, highly recommend, that there's a plan of action. If you're not ready to leave, make sure you have a plan of action that when you get to the point and you say, I'm ready to leave, that you can immediately leave, immediately leave without a second thought. So I was thinking of some of the things that was said to me during that that relationship. You know, if you really love me, you would see about me. If you really cared, you wouldn't have called the people. You wouldn't have told my mother. You wouldn't have done the things that you did if you really loved me. And I want you to understand, when I think back, it's like, it's not your fault. And they always want to blame you. The the abuser always wants to blame you and say it's your fault. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It is not your fault. I want you to know that it's not your fault and there's no reason to feel guilty or ashamed about yourself. You are beautiful. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. You are the apple of God's eye and you are worthy of a healthy relationship. So I thank you for joining today about this first episode about Domestic Violence Awareness Month, speaking about different types of abuse, but just sharing with you my medical abuse relationship. And oftentimes, again, there's so many different types of abuses we don't even think about. But next week, I hope to share with you another story about abuse and hopefully being able to get a sister of influence on being able to share her story about abuse. And again, if anybody is experiencing abuse or you suspect somebody is experiencing abuse, please give them the 1-800-799-7233 number. Again, it is the Domestic National Violence Awareness Line where people can call. There are trained counselors who will help you get out of that relationship when you're ready or reach out to a friend or a church a pastor there's different organizations out here that will help you get out of the situation when you're ready to get out of it and please remember again that you are fearfully and wonderfully made this has been dr cheryl Peavy for episode number two of her voice her view see you next week and please don't forget to share this podcast please share this podcast with young women teenagers or young women so they can recognize the red flags and as you share this podcast with this series this month about domestic violence that will help them be encourage them to love themselves if they don't love themselves or there's sometimes we have these issues that we go through because of some childhood experiences that make us question our worth please let them know that they are worthy and always make sure that they have a place of safety, a place that they can talk and there's no judgment. 